10.54 a.m., June 5th. Entering the RSS feed of Got It Memorized, Twin Peaks podcast with a Kingdom Hearts quote for a title. Shouldn't be too hard to remember. I'm sure the hosts have a fun show. That's what I need. Fun show. Reasonably paced. I'm Wheels. This is Joe. How are you, Joe? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm really excited that there's a bird now in this show, and I just hope nothing bad happens to him. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you've heard, but the lifespan of minor birds in Twin Peaks is very low. Oh, no. <laughs> That's the opposite of what I it's, wanted. It's, it's much it's much lower than average oh. uh, globally, for sure. Dang it all. Um, <laughs> I built so much emotional attachment with Waldo. Ugh. Well, it's funny because like I think the only thing that he says that isn't like plot relevant is like, hi, Waldo. <laughs> <laughs> like the every other line he has is like, if not a clue, context for what was anyway. Yeah, I, that, we'll get there when we get there. What is it? I think. Cooper says, like, once he starts talking again, we have a witness. And I'm like, I think that's a little strong of a term, buddy. I don't Ace think Attorney, you- I'm pretty sure, lifts the idea of having a parrot as a witness from mm-hmm. this. Because it is. there are definitely parts, there are characters who are, like, direct references to Twin Peaks characters. But also there's a parrot who's a witness in the first game. And I assume it has to come from this because Cooper says, like, that parrot's going to be a witness. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, in this, th- that means that the parrot gets killed. But yeah. in Ace Attorney, that doesn't happen. And you actually get a parrot in the courtroom. Which is great. That's the that's the yeah. alt the alt history. They were like, wouldn't it be funny if they actually had to take the bird to court? And then they That's did what it. it feels like when you know both. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, this is... Uh, ep- the seventh episode, episode it's number episode, six. Episode six, the seventh episode. Have we explained that enough? Uh, no. Realization time is the title. Mm-hmm. It's a good app. I think you with me it, on this? It is a good app. It's uh, I I I've really settled into like the second half of this season where like it's it's more yeah. procedural. This one is for sure. There's no. I don't think there's anything supernatural in this in or even that challenging formally from a like a filmmaking sense that yeah this one is just like a it's just good television we're in a whodunit it's mm-hmm. well paced you know it's very it's very interesting to be re-watching the whodunit portions knowing whodunit is this your first rewatch since knowing whodunit yeah yeah it is um interesting so it's it, it's really interesting to see these kids be like could dr jacoby kill him and i'm like did i ever think that was a possibility did I ever did I ever think, oh yeah, Jacoby? I, I did for sure watching it the first time, cause dude's weird. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed. Everybody's weird. That's the thing. I don't know. <laughs> Jacoby is weird enough that yeah, the fair. people of Twin Peaks think he's weird. That's fair. And boy, I he's great in the return too. Oh yeah. You gotta shovel yourself well, out of that shit. Did you want to cover Log Lady intro again? I didn't see it, so it didn't. Uh, well, I watched it on the Blu-ray. Uh, uh-huh. It was really good. I felt maybe I felt like this one was longer. I don't think it actually is. Uh, but sure, it it's just I mean it's just a good, solid tone setting thing. Um, a lot of talk about eyes in it. I don't know. I can't. I'm trying to think. Was there a lot of like eye stuff in this episode? Like metaphorically yeah speaking. it says beauty is in the eye of the beholder yet there are those who open many eyes eyes are the mirror of the soul someone has said so we look closely at the eyes to see the nature of the soul sometimes we see the eyes of these horrible times when we see the eyes eyes that have no soul then we see a darkness then we wonder where is beauty there's none of the eyes of the soul is uh yeah i don't know i don't um see this one is like so i i enjoyed watching it compels me yeah 
no idea what it's referring to. Neither I. But, uh, I mean... Uh, they, I mean, I guess people are watching each other. There are a lot of people watching each other in this episode. I, the ending of this episode is, like, someone staring at, uh... Oh, what's the cousin's name? Not Laura. Madeline. Ma- Roxas. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, that's that's the that's the closest I can really think of. Um, if we see eyes that uh, that that have no soul, then we know a darkness. Um, sure, buddy. Uh, but yes, realization time. That wow, that really sounds like a Xehanort, right? huh? <sighs> Troubling. We can't. We anyway. We cannot talk about Xehanort for another like can't. three weeks. We this is the first time we we've recorded. We after Unchained End, and we have to just let it simmer for now, okay? We, which, by the way, listeners who are pr- primarily here for the Kingdom Hearts stuff, will we'll probably go right into it after. Well, this is the penultimate episode of season one of Twin Peaks. Like t- next week is the finale, mm-hmm. and then the week after that, we'll get back to your beloved. Yeah, um, we have <laughs> Data World. We have a, we have a uh, little bit to cover because we. I don't think we actually got to the end of Ralph last time we talked about Unchained. Correct. There's there's a good. Tr- it'll be a it'll be a meaty return. Yes, but uh, it it will be Unchained the return. And I'm very excited <laughs> to, to get to those for a lot of reasons, so, so stick around for it. Uh, but anyways. Just a scene of brain sweeping the, <laughs> sweeping the clock tower room for like 15 minutes. <laughs> um, let's see, what are we doing what here? What world get... is this? <laughs> All right. We start with a Cooper and Audrey oh, yes. scene. We... If you recall the... I think it was the cliffhanger of last episode, or at least it, it was, was their cliffhanger, where Audrey snuck into his room because she, like a number of characters in this episode, wanted to bone. Yes. But Cooper has to be like, you seem very nice, you're very smart, I think we could be good friends, but you're a high schooler, I, this is not, that can't happen, I'm he, a federal he agent, does seem to you're imply a high schooler. That, like, he's like, He's he's like, what I need and what I want are different things, Audrey. He seems to imply that because he's an agent, he will not have sex with this teenager. It is. I don't remember exactly what he says, but he says something like, you're ravishing. Or no, he says, you're desirable. Yes, yeah, yeah, (laughs) you're beautiful, intelligent, It's a little icky in that, it's a little icky in that sense where it's like, listen to your own self, Cooper. You are a federal agent. You shouldn't be thinking about high school students in the towns you go to in this category anyway yeah i don't um, know how old yeah, he's they, supposed to be because he doesn't he does not like true he's like what 25 maybe <laughs> he looks young yeah i guess how was let's we're gonna do and a, i'm also thinking because uh, the, the pilot was shot so so close after um blue velvet in which he's like a college student kyle mclaughlin twin peaks age out of curiosity of how young he is but yeah no that scene like it, it's i'm like oh good they diffused this instantly the word choice is is strange gotta get out my calculator here we're gonna all right twin peaks came out in 1991 well let's just say 1990 for when it was shot i think all of it and he was born would... in 1950 1959 oh he just he just plays he's 31 young. okay he just plays young because that means he would have been like Late twenties in Blue Velvet, in which he plays a convincing twenty-one. <laughs> right, uh, right, he's got that kind of face. That though. makes sense. But yes, anyway, they have that scene. They they agree to just be pals. That's basically it, I think. Um, well, they briefly talk about Laura, um, but just in a way of like being like, 
yep, we're both going to figure it out. We're just going to figure it out as friends. Please put mm-hmm. clothes on. I'll order us shakes. <laughs> yeah. And I guess they, he says that, you know, meet me downstairs. We're going to have, we're going to have two malts. And I mm-hmm. guess that's just, I guess they have that conversation off screen. The next time we see Audrey, she is continuing to do her research that she should not be doing. That's right. At horns. And right. That's funny. Be- huh. Yeah. And then he goes back to his job. But I, I do wonder, did they, did they actually talk? I don't know. They don't show right. us. They don't show <laughs> because us. Because if they, if she mentioned what she was going to do, I doubt Cooper w- would go for it. I, al- anyway. I also don't think that she would tell him, though, is that another part of that. So true. Uh, yeah. Doesn't matter. We we get the next scene that we get is in the the sheriff's department. It's the next morning. Uh, Andy comes in hesitantly uh, because he he's he's still on the rocks with Lucy. We get a little bit of a gesture to why that might be uh, in this episode. She's, she says, this is peak activity time at the station switchboard. So it's not really convenient for me to talk right now. And she gets a call. <laughs> <laughs> There's like no, nothing. At, like she does get a call in a second. But it is so funny to hear like to hear that excuse. Like it's mm-hmm. just it's just so specific, you know? It's yeah. Great. There's a there's like no score for a little bit. It's like noticeably quiet, which is nice. Yeah. This episode, uh, I wanted. Which is something that the. The return does a, a lot. lot more than the original run, um, which is interesting. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to to call out the, the writers and directors of this. Uh, Harley Payton wrote it. I guess they've just been around it. Like they just wrote like 12 episodes total. Yeah. You know, a name you see a lot. Directed by Caleb Deschanel, which I was like, that's a Hollywood name I recognize. And sure is. And yeah, yeah they, they directed a couple episodes, uh, three, three episodes of Twin Peaks, Married to Mary Joe Deschanel, who plays uh, Miss Hayward, Eileen Hayward, the, the mom of Donna. And yes, ah. they are collectively the parents of Emily and Zoe Deschanel. That's wild. And that's why she's so quirky. Hollywood's a small town. It is. Neat. I remember, I remember someone in the Discord talking about like some connection to zoe Deschanel, and i was like is it just because she's quirky or is there something i don't know and now i know <laughs> yeah the lucy and andy scene basically yells with yells ends with lucy i don't know what sort of phonemic trans i think i think i've been spending too much time in the lodge all my phonemes <laughs> are just getting swapped around uh after the lucy and andy scene and uh, it, it gets interrupted because she gets a call. And on that call, she's talking to a doctor. Um, and we don't really Dr. get Stonacek. That's right. We don't really hear so many weird name choices. We don't really hear Gotta the check details, those stones, so. but we will later. And the implication seems to be that she wants to keep it quiet because normally she's, you know, loudish when she's talking. Yeah, you know, she's a fairly loud talker, she, but she's keeping this in hushed tones. She seems down. But she's she's like, no, I'm fine on the phone. She hangs up the phone. Cooper comes in, blows his little flute, his little whistle that he made. He whittled. And uh, he says, good morning to Lucy. Heard you were out sick yesterday. And she, like, sounding still very down, is like, I'm much better today. Thanks. And, like, looks away. Oh, yeah, it's so, it's it's a really good performance. She's so great. She's She's great. And, yeah, that's, we don't get much, we don't really get any more of that, like, plot thread in this episode we see her again at the very end but it's it's mainly uh, an investigation episode speaking of in the sheriff department's investigation there is bird there is bird Waldo. we have truman and coop and cooper is walking into the room now but Trum- but truman and doc hayward are already in there 
seems like the doc is there because he's a human doctor. So he knows he knows he knows anatomy, I guess. And I, he's like got a book on birds that he's reading. That you you got this information from a vet. Do you like is it right? Is it, I think Doc Hayward is like the guy they trust. I, I don't know. But. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it gets them the info they need, which is just that the birds probably that they could be right that the bird might end up mimicking things it's heard that might give away the people that it was around, which, if you recall, would have been for a brief period, Laura on the night she died. Mm -hmm. But that the bird needs to calm down before it's going to yell because it's talk and things. Yeah, it needs needs to like recover its its health a little bit. It hasn't really been eating. Cooper Cooper's like, look at this. My my fancy tape recorder can be voice activated. So he sets it down and is like, it'll just start recording when people are talking near it. So uh, that's very convenient because if not, they would have gotten nothing. Oh, also, Cooper doesn't like birds. That's true. We get confirmation that Cooper is not a bird lover. He's not a parrot head. Yeah, um, I hate to see it. There's a line from Truman. It's like right before he leaves that made me... I don't know. I can't find it. But there was some line from Doc Hayward. Oh, right here. Here's where it is. Uh, it, oh, I just, yes. It's not it's not plot important, but it is just a really nice example of the charm of the show to me, where when you have a character in a scene and you need to get them out of the scene, you'll have them be like, all right, I got to go. You know, I got something to do or whatever. When instead of just making something up for Doc Hayward to do, what they have here is they have him say he asks if there are any apples because he says the, referring to the grapes he was trying to feed to the to Waldo, these grapes are right on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but it's just like it's such a specific real life mm-hmm. line that feels like a thing a normal person says in a way that you don't normally see in TV. Yeah, it's like so much of Twin Peaks is heightened, and then every now and then you get this like weird like mm-hmm. normal thing a, a real person would just say. It's like ah uh, yeah, so we're here feeding grapes. To a bird so it can recite witness information for this murder we've been doing for six episodes. God, these grapes. But the grapes have been in yeah. the, sheriff, the sheriff's department fridge for a few too many days. Yeah, I think I'm going to go grab some apples, actually, instead. <laughs> Great. Uh, but yeah, so he walks out. Uh, Hawk comes in. Got some more this script, forensic stuff. Uh, this script, I guess I never knew this. This script says that he is Tommy... Quote, the Hawk Hill. I remember that from the book as well. Weird. They, that he, he is given that, uh, or I've also just seen Tommy quote Hawk. I, I just assumed that Hawk was his given name. I guess maybe, I mean, I have read one of the two books and maybe I knew it then, but mm-hmm. uh, just thinking now that would, that surprises me. Anyway. Which is weird. Cause like, I guess Hawk sticks and everyone likes it, but like the book seems to imply that like, ah, that nickname was a racist technically. So, <laughs> <laughs> But I don't know. I guess that's I guess that's backfilling because I don't know if they thought about yeah, it at the time. Yeah. Uh, anyways, well, they didn't think about a lot of things at the time, sure. and that <laughs> therein lies the rub, right? <laughs> therein. Um, uh, anyways, but he he comes in more forensics from uh, from Cooper's office, FBI stuff. Uh, forensics confirms that a bunch of people were in that uh, cabin that they were in in the last episode. Uh, Jacques Renault. And Laura Palmer, run up Pulaski, and Leo Johnson. So that's two suspects and t- the two victims. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a that's a big 
hey, some, something happened something here. Something happened here. <laughs> something happened here. And we have this bird who's going to repeat some words, maybe. They also get one picture developed from the film roll they found. It is the bird, Waldo, on someone's shoulder, and Cooper places that it's Laura. That's right, because there is long blonde hair that tips them off that that is probably a photo of Laura. Mm-hmm. We get the voice-activated explanation, uh, and then they start talking about uh, one-eyed jacks. Yeah, they confirm that the the broken piece they found matches the broken piece right. that was in her stomach. Um, so they decide, or Cooper's like, I think we should go up there and do some field work. And Harry's like, that's over the border. That's not allowed. And he's like, what the fuck? What was all that bookhouse boy stuff on like two episodes ago? Come on, man. I thought we, I thought the rules were out the window. I had the dream. I thought you had the bookhouse boys for extrajudicial hits. <laughs> There's a darkness in, foreign in those countries. Woods. Oh, there is a darkness in those woods. You can't deny that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess it is a good idea to go over the border under an assumed name, <laughs> undercover with <laughs> armed with weapons. Come on. Oh boy! He had the uh, with, dream. Uh, people who have um uh no experience. They're with your number one wingman being a dude who just owns a gas station. Uh, <laughs> well, no, no, no. He he's he's an oral surgeon. Is what he says though. So that's true. It's it's a it's a it's a it's a bit he's doing. Do we do we go right to? No, we don't. We get a bunch of other stuff yeah. before we actually go to that extrajudicial hit. Um, yes. <laughs> Well, it's just, I think it's just uh, it's not, recon it's not in this hit, episode, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm just being yeah. hyperbolic. It's, it's, it's funny. Anyways, <laughs> Bobby, Bo- young Bobby Briggs goes to see Shelly, and unbeknownst to them, Leo Johnson is staking out his own house uh, because he knows something is happening here, and he's right. He sees Bobby Briggs through the scope of his fucking rifle. Uh, he doesn't shoot him. Yeah, though. it doesn't look too great for uh, the bopper. No, uh, the big bad bobcats. Oh, <laughs> not in a good spot. He's going to get hit with the big boppy. Yeah, ugh, the uh, biggest of all boppies. <laughs> but luckily for Briggs the Younger, mm-hmm. Leo, at the same time that he is surveilling and or intending to kill, it seems like both Bobby and Shelly, because if you recall from last episode, Yes. He came home angry about get. He got he was beat, beat up, up by he, Hank. Hank beat him up, and then he went to vent his frustrations physically uh, by abusing his wife, mm-hmm. uh, who, good for her, shot the bastard. Yeah, but it, we, we um, now see that he was only hit in the arm. He's relatively fine. That's right. And so now he's just matter. <laughs> sitting there with a bullet in him, presumably bleeding in the woods with a rifle, with a scope, just watching the house, uh, presumably ready to kill Bobby or Shelly. But at the same time, he is also listening to a police scanner mm-hmm. because of all the, there's the mill shit going on. There's the Laura shit. Yeah, going he, he has on. to there's burn some he, shit he down later. To. A lot of things have right. to converge because the next episode is the finale of the season. So and listening over the police scanner, he is hearing chatter about Lucy talking to the sheriff about Waldo, the bird and and how if he starts talking, the bird could act as a witness. And this frightens the Leo. (laughs) So he immediately abandons his revenge plans to go take care of this uh, bird. The the, the bullet is not for the bopper, but for the bird. Ultimately, Mm -hmm. basically is where that ends up going by the end of the episode. I think that's all the 
really Leo stuff in this episode. I mean, yeah, Shelly and Bobby talk a little bit. Bobby's like, you know, we're going to take care of him. We're going to figure this out. Uh, I, we'll see if he does. I also like that this transcripts, uh, it likes to tell us what song is playing, but it's really unconfident about this scene. It just says Dark Times with three question marks. Uh, isn't that the name? Uh, does the song have question marks? I think the name, the it? title of the song might. Yeah. I mean, that's even funnier. if Because every time the they list it in, or it is either. This is the first I've seen it, in the but it title, doesn't have or like a they're or they are unsure of what song it is because maybe it's playing like too quiet. Like, like mm. maybe it's like covered up by something. So they're indicating that they're not sure if that's the song with the question marks that or it just has the question marks in the title. I am unsure. Yeah. Anyway, either way, I assumed it was not confident because it did not have a MIDI link next to it. Yeah. Shut up. Dark times. Shut up. Dark, to- dark times. Is this the beginning of a dark universe? <laughs> the dark universe. Isn't that is that the is that the universal yes. movie monster? Is that what they mm-hmm. call that? Funny. Did they did they make no? Did they make that happen no. or did they not make I that think, happen? I, I think they tried to backfill a couple movies to match it, but literally yeah. only one film ever made has the logo in front of it, the Dark Universe logo. Great, I is that the Invisible Man one? No, that's at, that, that's after they oh. abandoned the idea. But then that movie was a hit, Funny. and they're like, Shit, "Yeah, people like that." Should one. we bring back the <laughs> Dark Universe? <laughs> The, the lights coming back on in the dark universe, <laughs> baby. <laughs> baby, I think it was the mummy that had the logo. Oh. I'm not sure about that. And then I think it was like some Frankenstein that was like retconned to be it. Or maybe it's a, I don't know. Who cares? Uh, I'm sure it's a Frankenstein. Yeah, it's, I, I just, recently that Twitter account for Dark Universe got unverified. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Was, but I haven't brought it down yet. I still read. God, that's the end. Uh, <laughs> I still gotta retweet it every now and then. Though. It's the beginning of the dark universe. Uh, anyways, Funny. we move now to. Um, I mean, Twi- Twin Peaks is a bit of a dark universe, but uh, we cut now to the Hayward home where our 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 teen detective squad. Did we skip over the actual Bobby and Shelley scene? I think we did. The I mentioned summary it. of it is just that. Oh, okay. It, did yeah. Bobby? Did you mention the bit where Bobby said he's gonna kill James and? Leo. No, I I missed that. Um, but I guess we should. He, yeah, he it. says. Uh, Shelly explains to him what happened uh, with Leo, and Bobby says, "Shelly, Leo Johnson is history. Understand? I'm taking care of you from now on. I'm gonna deal with Leo. I'm gonna deal with James. What did James do? Bobby's gonna deal with everything. Why is James involved with this? I mean, I know the Bobby's gonna deal with. I know it. the Bobby's gonna deal with the everything. The Big Bobcat. I know, here's the thing, I know the answer to that question is because Bobby is angry and uh, is upset and about jealous and Dolores stuff. Yeah. But, but like, it's very funny to have him bring up James in this conversation uh, because I, I get what it's doing narratively. <laughs> Presumably Shelly's like, who? <laughs> who? What? Wait, hold on. Because I do? don't think we've ever seen Shelly talk to James. We have no confirmation that she knows him. No. Other than the fact that everyone probably knows everybody, uh, yeah. he's probably gotten food like, from the James diner Hurley? Hurley? how does Hurley involved in this the kid with the big forehead who broke his pencil in class what did, what did he do but um I, I obviously I know what it's doing narratively it's just this is a comedy podcast I don't know if you've heard right uh, anyways yeah and it is funny it, it's yeah uh so anyways yes he he does mention he's going to to deal with with them I forgot that he even mentioned James but that explains what he does to James at the end of this episode. <laughs> uh, so now, now we go to the Hayward home. Speaking of James, although he is weirdly off camera for most of the shot. I, I guess not weirdly. I think it's a, a good shot. But 
Uh, I, I spent a lot of it being, is he here? Oh, no, there's his arm. Okay. <laughs> but uh, they are listening to the tapes they found of Laura. And when I say they, I mean Donna, Madeline, her cousin that looks just like her, and James. It's the teen plot. Yeah, it's... it's that's that, that's going to be our new jingle, for, which probably too late since it's the second to last <laughs> episode of the season. But Yeah, we'll definitely remember that in November when we have to do the season two. <laughs> Yeah, I keep wanting to say, like, oh, it's like Riverdale, but the whole joke is that Riverdale's just a whole, like, it's made out of Twin Peaks references. Right, um, yeah. Uh, but, 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 you know, it's a touchstone, I guess, they, for people who are watching this for the first time, maybe. Yeah, yeah. They are listening to, if you recall, they had, they're, they're working with uh, Madeline, who is Laura's cousin. She is staying with the Palmers, so she was able to search every nook and cranny, and she found all these secret cassette tapes mm-hmm. from Laura that she has recorded seems like what do they say daily or weekly or I guess they don't say how frequently but no. frequently enough that she has these all these dated cassette tapes yes that she would that she would send to Jacoby where she says weird uh, uncomfortably flirtatious things that she is saying to her psychiatrist mm-hmm. um, not in, like in a way that makes me blame the psychiatrist and the patient obviously in a because it's you know this is the era of like uh psychiatrists sometimes going rogue and you know pulling a whole michelle remembers thing so Mm. um it kind of tracks that you'd have weird jungian perverts (laughs) abound in this era yeah i wonder if that's any bit of inspiration for them making this character or if he's just a, I would assume a weird so. guy. I mean, I would assume so. Like, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of, you know, weird stuff in that era. Yeah. Um, and, and, and a lot of, and a lot of our thought about the mental health profession, mm. I think, was, was also a lot uh, tied up in stories of that type of relationship, too, yeah. for better or worse. But anywho, they found that there is one cassette tape box that is empty Mm -hmm. and it is the one that is dated the day that she died and so they presume that the good doctor jacoby himself Mm. probably still has that tape and they think there must be evidence on it so they're trying to devise a scheme by which they can steal the tape and they want to do it by luring out uh jacoby Mm -hmm. Um, and we'll find out later that they're going to do that by dressing madeline up in a wig and a weird outfit that I don't understand. So many layers. A, a like, like ready to ski. To, right. Like, <laughs> yeah, she is going to a ski resort. It, it um, made me anyway, think because there's, there's, they, there's a, I don't think we mentioned that there's a picture of Laura and Audrey at a ski resort. Um, in, I think like the last episode, I don't even know if it comes up out loud. I just like know weird. the context of it, that they took a ski trip at one point and, I am like, is that their reference point for this fit? Like, what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> it looks bad, but anyway, yeah, it's very strange. they dress her up in it, uh, which is funny because is that how Laura dressed. It's this. It's. It doesn't seem like we it from the movie. Her. When that's true, I in guess the prequel yeah, the movie. movie. Recon. Also, it's just really, really funny to have a scene where you are putting a character in a disguise to make them look like another character that the same actor plays funny yeah i'm into it Hilarious. also it's like wow i can't anyway, that's I the plan can't, i can't believe madeline does this perfect impression of of <laughs> laura and, but like after she she does a phone call in the laura voice and then like drops it and i'm like 
that's a good range though like it's it Cheryl is, Lee, yeah. and let's she, go and, and and because she does like this weird like kind of baby voice in all of the in all of her tapes for jacoby that it is really it is a really distinctive yes which is a great great call that's their plan uh they're gonna they're gonna go deal with that um also all the laura tapes are very uh interesting to to hear on the second watch as well Mm -hmm. for for i don't know reasons i guess i won't get into uh but what about the other half of the teen plot? Because do we have a different jingle oh, right. for Audrey? Audrey is also Audrey she's plot. also got her. She's a a rogue teen plot. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. <laughs> she is. She's gotten herself a job at the perfume counter. Mm-hmm. Look at her. Go. She's so bad at it. She does not give a fuck about this job. She doesn't. It's very funny. Care about fruit scents. No. But what she does care about is figuring out. This Laura shit. So she is watching. She's hiding in her manager's closet and watching. She smokes a cigarette uh, in there, which you'd think that that would be noticeable. Bold choice. (laughs) Bold strategy. Let's see how it works out for her. It works. It works. I guess just the air is so I would I guess Horn's department store must be just so suffuse with with uh, nicotine smoke at this Except point. Except for the perfume it counter no is like, it, it is it <laughs> right. is the safe spot. It, it is the double R diner relative to the rest of Twin Peaks. It is an oasis mm-hmm. of the old factory. Yeah. She surreptitiously watches on from the closet. A it's, it's wor- conversation between her... Oh, yep. I, I was going to say, it's worth mentioning when she's working at the counter, she sees the... What's this boss's guy's name? I guess Emery. Um, Emery. The guy that she blackmailed into the job in the last episode. He comes up to her coworker, Jenny, and says to meet in his office. So she's like, I'm going to run to the bathroom and then goes hide in the closet so she, so she can watch this conversation. And that is what we now see is, is Emery talk to Jenny, quote unquote, alone in his office. Right. And he is recruiting her to be an employee of One-Eyed Jacks. Mm. You can tell that he is trying to entice her specifically into being what they call their hospitality girls, which is just to say sex workers. Yep. Uh that like that's it. Like that's the that's the scene that's, essentially. The, she, he also gives her a little right. trinket, a little like uh it's a little glass unicorn, I think. Or something. Yeah, which he says. Or maybe I'm just thinking too much Blade Runner. No, <laughs> I, I also thought about Blade Runner. It is a unicorn, though. It, it is a. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Because Audrey gets one of these because she steals one from his desk so that mm-hmm. she can lie to this girl and say like, oh, yeah, I got one, too. Did you get that phone number he gave you? I forgot to yeah, write she, it down. She's, like, that's, she's doing detective that's what work. she ends up doing with this. But the fact that Audrey grabs a glass unicorn is she a replica? <laughs> uh, that's that's something we have to return at the end of the return, I think. Uh, but I know <laughs> that's why I ask. But um, until, until I think then, we found out what happened to Audrey. We figured it out. Played under the return. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we already got we it. We got it, the, it. Fucking rules. Goddamn, I love twenty forty nine. Uh, but yes, uh, better than the original. Really? I'm surprised that you think that. I prefer the original just a little bit. But I'm also like. I love Ridley Scott so much. Yeah. I also love Denis Villeneuve. But uh, anyways, this different podcast. Now, the unicorn, though, uh, I, I was thinking of another Twin Peaks thing when they were like, oh, it's a unicorn, an ancient symbol of purity. And I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> this Lynch does something with that eventually. Right, right. That's yep. But anyways, 
Uh, yeah, so she, uh, Audrey, takes one of those out of the desk, uh, uses it to, to lie to Jenny and be like, I, I lost that number, can you give it to me so she can do her own recon? She also confirms by looking through his little, he has like a little notebook where he writes down the names of perfume counter candidates yes. for the four one-eyed jacks with a gross, like, out of five hearts rating system for each of them, yes. and in that notebook she finds Ronette's name listed so she's confirming what she already thought essentially yeah I can't remember if the show more blatantly says that is the whole point of the perfume counter is to recruit people from one-eyed jacks but it is it is for sure yeah, yeah. It, I, I feel like it should be clear from from these scenes even if they, they probably say it out loud at some point uh which is also to be clear why Emery was like uh you probably you should not work there Audrey cuz your your dad yeah, yeah. frequents this establishment that we use this to recruit people for. But anyways, that's the the end of the rogue team plot for now. Let's see. We go to the double R. What do we get here? I don't remember this scene we get, we get, very well. We get Hank, we get Hank time. Uh Hank trying to uh you know work his job, pretend to be to be normal. There's so much interesting stuff in this scene because I'm like, oh, I mean, yeah, reintegrating into society out of prison is a thing where someone will be awkward and struggle with it. But also, we know he's a bad guy he pretending. He gets named wrong, which is neat. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, right. Because he uh, basically knows exactly who he's talking about, but he pretends to get names wrong mm-hmm. just so he, he confir- seems like he's out well, of the town. Well, also, I, I wonder if he's, like, confirming it, too, because he's like, oh, was it... Uh, yeah, it's like, Norma... True, really appreciated yeah. the help from like uh Pete and Shelly's like oh no you must mean Big Ed and he's like oh yeah Big Ed and then bum, bum, bum. Sin- the, the, the the transcript literally says sinisterly yeah Big Ed yeah Big Ed <laughs> uh, he steals someone's lighter off the counter and then Cooper and Harry come in to get uh I don't I don't even know why they're here because they as soon as this conversation's over he goes to like leave um and they they don't leave right away. But uh, they yeah, Hank and, and Harry talk. It's clear that uh, Sheriff Truman does not like Hank very much, which I mean, he is a bad guy. But uh, yep. yeah, that that's really he kind of just like I would in any other context, I would say rudely is like, well, you're on parole, Hank. Uh, you gotta you, if you don't do all your visits, you go to jail. And it's like, all right, dude, don't be a fucking asshole but we about know, it. We know man, but we know man bad. That's the so thing. We don't that, care much. Yeah, that's the thing with it. Uh, we know man bad already. Um, so he walks away, and Truman also is like, you think people ever change, Cooper? I don't. Um, which, I mean, maybe Hank doesn't. <laughs> Fair. Right. Then we get a really classic line yes, where yes. they're about to go, and, and Shelly asks if they want to get some coffee. Truman's like, now nah, we should be on our way. But Cooper says, Harry, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Every day, once a day, give yourself a present. Don't plan it. Don't wait for it. Just let it happen. Could be a new shirt at the men's store, catnap in your office chair, or two cups of good hot black coffee like this. And they, they, they sit down with their coffee. Harry asks, a present? Like Christmas? Ah, man, that hits the spot. Nothing like a great cup of black coffee. That's the scene. Why did they come in here if he was immediately going to leave without getting coffee? Every day, once a day, get yourself a present. Uh, no, I presume maybe they were here to like, maybe Truman had to come. Maybe Truman is like Hank's parole officer and had to like check on him. Maybe. I, assume, I, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if he is, but I, I, I would understand him wanting to check on him anyway. 
Yeah. But yeah, no, I live by that. I give myself a gift every day. Good. Treat yourself. As you should. Anyways, that's the end of that scene. Uh, we get that scene that I mentioned oh, before yes, of Audrey's fast-talking her way into getting the contact number for the the woman who manages One-Eyed Jacks. Mm-hmm. Black is her name. Black Rose goes by Blackie, which makes me very uncomfortable to say, so I, that is the first and last time I will say I, 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 I was I was um, prepared for a similar sort of diet. <laughs> Be like, uh, we're not going to probably... Luckily, we'll just just call her Black Rose, but I don't I don't want to say what they call her in the show. Uh, yeah. It's just a white yeah. woman. Um, notably, uh, uh-huh. Ginny, this young girl that was just uh, hired, is uh, is black, and there's like one other black person working at um, One-Eyed Jacks, I think, mm-hmm. um, which just, again, like, I don't know, you, you count the faces when uh, all the, the people of color, excluding, I guess, Hawk, you, are uh, service industry. Right, you note the positions that they're afforded, mm-hmm. and both, both uh, positions within the universe and also positions within the narrative, right? Like, yeah. they're... they're all bit parts, mm-hmm. essentially. Which, yeah, which um, I, with, with with the exception of like Josie, jo- Josie, and I, I guess Hawk. He doesn't really get plots though. Uh, um, he doesn't. He's really like, important he's to the return, kind of, but he also is just kind of like yes. He, yeah. he I, there's almost a disservice that he just progresses plot and like accomplishes things. Yep. To an extent, which like I think uh, you know it's this double edged thing w- with Twin Peaks where I'm like I think you know there's a narrative importance to the to the the town that this is depicting for that to be true. Yeah. But also then you have a very white show. It would only have improved the show had they included more perspectives, right? Like that's, that's generally I'm inclined my, to agree. Yeah. my take is that like you, you get more, you get more perspectives in a thing and you can think about it in more cooler ways. Mm-hmm. You know, it is uh, always a win-win, yeah. but anyway, it's still good anyway. It is still even good. Even if they shot themselves in the foot in this sense. <laughs> um, yeah. We get uh, a quick scene with Nadine and Big Ed. Nadine is very sad. She's eating bonbons and watching... Invitation, uh, to, invitation love. to love. I wasn't uh, fooling Montana. Our, our boy Chet is about to shoot Montana. Uh, you show him, say, Chet. You show all of them. Characters. Yeah, Nadine is cheering on Chet to kill Montana because she is very sad. Mm-hmm. She's empathizing with this character because we learn in this scene her patent for the drape runners got oh, rejected. Oh, rejected. Um, Ed, Ed comes in to, to comfort her to the extent that he's, he can. He's wearing a nice bolo tie. He's dressed up because he's going to be on this, uh, this casino run tonight. She, was, she starts talking about all the things she wanted to do when she... Made all the money off the drape runner. She's like, a new TV? I was gonna do that. I already looked at a motorboat. Oh, Nadine. Oh, Nadine. Uh, but Big Ed says, Nadine, don't you give, don't you give up. Don't you dare. One of the, they're, the, the kind of ongoing thing with the two of them is, is even though he is cheating on her, he, care, he cares about her. And, and there, there are points where in the show where the, their relationship is closer to each other than it is now. So we kind of get to see that ride. And this mm-hmm. is kind of a glimpse of of that, that he does really care for her. Yeah. Maybe not in a marriage way, but right. they're married now. Uh, let's, let's talk about Pete, though. Talk about a different person in a failed marriage. <laughs> yeah, let's see. I guess Pete is just there to introduce the scene and talk about yeah. catching a fish that was this big. <laughs> um, yeah, he just gives a quick tight five about taxidermy. <laughs> uh, at which point, you know, once... 
he leaves the scene, we get a Josie and Truman chat. If you recall, the two of them are seeing each other, but they but surreptitiously for some reason, I guess just because Josie is caught up in so much shit that probably don't want to make it more complicated by letting people know that you're dating the sheriff. But anyway, I, I think I understand the, the mill plot. Oh, shit. Now, I, I think I'm there. I always, you know, I always took, think like, I do until I'm watching it, you know? Eight, eight. It took like eight rewatches. But basically, I believe that what's happening is Benjamin Horn owns a good chunk of the forest land and he wants to convert it into the Ghostwood Estates. Mm-hmm. But in order to do that, he also needs the Packard land, which Josie owns. Yeah. We think, because this is what we see first, that his play to do that is to uh, use his sexual relationship with Catherine his little Elvis. to <laughs> use his little Elvis mm-hmm. to that Catherine, because she manages the mill and thinks she should own it because her brother did before he died, that the two of them are going to burn the mill and bring faked accounting books to light that make it look like Josie Packard burned the mill for insurance money because the mill was going bankrupt. In reality, the mill is not going bankrupt, but they made a second ledger to make it seem like it was so that if they then burned the mill, it would look like Josie was doing it for insurance fraud. However, Ben is double crossing Catherine Mm -hmm. Because he is also actually working with Josie to kill Catherine so that there is no she no longer has any claim to that land. And Josie can, without running into her opposition, just sell the land, presumably to Benjamin mm-hmm. Horn because she's caught up in shit because of her late husband, Andrew Packard, uh, Catherine's brother Mm -hmm. because he is in deep shit and i think owes people money so now she owes people money and so she's going to sell the land to benjamin and get Catherine out of the picture in one fell swoop and i think that's everything hank is also there as like an enforcer i believe for ben i can't remember how much of it is in the show and how much of it is backfilled by the book but i think josie also does have shit from before she married andrew but i don't know how much of that is a part of this plot Right, I don't remember all of that from season two, but that's yeah, at I least think, where I we think, are here is of season stuff. one. Um, although, um, with that, with all of that said, we I think we can basically skip covering this scene. Uh, she <laughs> but, she shows him pictures that she took because he he was like, "Why were you at the motel that day?" If you remember two fucking episodes ago, uh, and she's yeah. like, "I I saw them together. I took pictures. You wanted proof." And he's like, "Okay," um, and you know he wants to take care of Sheriff Truman wants to take care of Josie. So that's um, that's that's basically what you get out of the scene. And we mean literally because he cares about her, not like take care yeah, of no. her. <laughs> no. no, I mean, she gets taken care of, but that's a different that's a different story in her own in her own way. Yeah. In a way, in a way that no one else could. Mm-hmm. Um, no, now they're getting uh, the, the bookhouse boys are getting ready to, right. to go across that border. They're all uh, dressed up. And uh, Cooper brings in like a ten thousand dollars from the FBI, being like, "Here we go, I got this. Y'all ready to gamble?" I, I mean, all this dialogue is charming. I don't think we need to go through Agreed. too much of it in detail. Uh, Harry basically tells Cooper 
about the Josie stuff and is like, Ben and Catherine are up to some shit. I want to protect Josie. Cooper's like, do you believe her? Are you sure that this is exactly what you think it is? He's like, I love her and she's in trouble. That's all that matters. And Cooper's like, okay, I believe you. And that's just established Mm -hmm. that Cooper is now going to, at some point, be on Harry's side for that. But yeah, that's about it. Cooper Cooper establishes that they're oral surgeons. Big big spenders vacationing among the furs. Yeah, that's their that, those are their undercover identities. Mm-hmm. There is one other mill plot maybe we should gesture over. Um Right. Uh this is the fact that the mill Benjamin plot. and Josie have taken out a life insurance that that part of the taking out Catherine thing involves uh Ben and Josie taking out a life insurance policy in Catherine's name so that when they kill her they get money. But this well, this um, lawyer and, guy, but, Mr. Nev. Yeah, the insurance salesman uh, is like, oh boy, somehow we didn't get Catherine's signature on this. I should run by her house and show her. And so I know that Ben said like, he hmm. was going to get it for me, but uh, you know. I like to cross all my T's, dot my I's myself. And she's like, huh. Funny. You know, I've got a few changes I'm, my lawyer and I are going to need to make yeah. this in, so why don't I call you back? Yeah, she she notices that her, her second because ledger is missing. she had never heard of this, obviously. Yeah, yeah, and she, she realizes her second ledger is missing, so that mm-hmm. plot will uh, continue. Anyways, back to the... Uh, oh, they're, they're, they haven't left for the border yet. They are at the uh, sheriff's department. Big Ed's putting on a wig, and he's like, think it'll fit? I've got a big hit. Big. I think he looks good with the curly hair. He does. No, he looks good. He gets a fake mustache on. I guess he kind of already has curly-ish hair. But. Yeah, it's just it's just a bit of a disguise. Um, he gets a fake mustache, b- a big head for a big head. <laughs> and uh, and Cooper doesn't get a disguise because fewer people know he him. He puts here. on glasses though. Um, mm-hmm. they they're testing out a microphone he has on his uh sleeve collar lapel. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we see that Waldo is beginning to speak again. Or we see we I think he's already started, but we see a little bit. He say, we see him say Laura, um, and then bye bye birdie. He gets shot. That's right. We don't know in this episode, but you can. I guess no, we, we do. do. See, I guess we do. We, we see, see that it is. Leo. We see Leo running away outside, um, with the same rifle. Before he gets shot, there is just a shot of the donuts below the cage. It's just very funny to see getting a, splattered with bird blood. Yeah, but before that even, there's just a menacing shot of donuts with like thunder crashing in the background. <laughs> that's just that's just that's just oh, cinema. Cinema to me. Uh, <laughs> uh but yes, yeah, then then you do later get uh all the the, the clearly fake blood dripping over it. And it just looks like jelly. It does. They, everybody comes in, Truman's like, somebody shot Waldo. Ah oh, jeez. <laughs> Ah, jeez. Ah, beans. beans. Ah, fuck. Ah, damn it. And he's like, poor Waldo. Uh, but, but they, they, they roll do back listen back take. through. Yeah. That's right. Of what uh, they were able to hear before Waldo's untimely end. Mm-hmm. And Waldo is saying, Laura, Laura, don't go there. Hurting me. Hurting me. Stop it. Leo, no! Leo, no! <laughs> Which is pretty damning. And, uh, pretty fucking damning, yeah. And, uh, close up on Cooper's face as he listens to it. Anyways, to the casino. I guess, like, like well... <laughs> we got shit to do yeah, tonight. You know, we'll come back to this later. It's something for sure. Uh, but yes, then they, they go into their, uh, 
the the one-eyed jacks they meet black rose who welcomes them ed almost blows their cover but is able to convincingly portray a man who wants to fuck because i i don't because i think the dude's method is what i'm gonna say Uh because i think i think you know he's happy to be here for like the mission or whatever but i think big ed just wants to fuck yeah Ugh. i mean he's you think he got that name because he's tall come on because <laughs> she said she says what you know she asked him what he does and he says i own a gas station uh i'm an oral surgeon and black rose says ah i got a chevy parked out back with a serious root canal problem want to take a look and big ed says which is fu- so funny uh-huh. funny fucking joke yeah uh and big ed says well, I was hoping you might need a little gum work, because I sure like to get under your hood. <laughs> Big Ed! Big Ed! You can't be this horny! You can, though. And he is. You're on ABC! <laughs> Have you ever considered wearing an eye patch? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. I, the, the Kind of a thing of mine. <laughs> yeah, every, every, every time he says anything, Cooper just like is like, very specifically watching the scene play out like oh he's having a good time yeah because cooper knows the risk it like cooper knows that they don't have to be that tough with their undercover identities as long as anyone doesn't recognize them because presumably people aren't going to be that forthcoming with who they are anyway at this Mm -hmm. illegal gambling and brothel uh, place (laughs) i don't know what to call it um but yeah they, they they make that that touch base successfully. Also, his name is just his his code name in this is just Fred as opposed to Ed. So at some point, Cooper does say Fred's a prince. Barney and Fred. Those. Are oh the, yes, I, I forgot uh, that it was the Flintstones joke. The Rebels. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so they they go and start gambling. We'll check in more at the end of the episode. They're looking specifically for Jacques Renault. Spoilers, they find him. Uh, but top for first, time for the team plot. That's right. Well, I guess just for a minute. We just we just see Madeline in her disguise walking down the stairs wearing 20 layers. And this is one of those shots is the power of Ray Wise in this show where I'm just like, this is simultaneously depressing, menacing and hilarious. Because it's just like as she walks down the stairs and heads outside, you just kind of see him in the middle distance through a doorway sitting there doing nothing in the middle of the night. And he like kind of just turns and stares with a very hey with there, his face. Leland. Yeah. Hey, Leland. How you doing, buddy? keeping it together over there hard to say uh but they yeah uh she she steps out uh, they they go to a park um and by they i mean madeline she's with donna she gets out of the car wearing it's the, the blonde teen wig. plot teen plot I gotta, I gotta make a whole jingle now <laughs> she she gets out of the car wearing the blonde wig james is taken you can tell that he's yeah he's transported yeah. he's got he's just like you look too much like her i can't handle this yeah. but he composes he, himself yeah. uh and we don't see it but they go off to film a video that they will then uh show to jacoby i don't Trick i don't him. know what camcorder technology was like in the early 90s or, or i guess this probably would still take place I do. In, in, i'm not surprised that you do which is why i'm bringing this up but like they mm-hmm. film something and then just drop off a VHS, a full-sized VHS uh-huh. tape at Jacoby's house in, yeah. the, in the next scene. Is that bullshit? Or- yeah. <laughs> okay, that's good. A, there were camcorders. Yeah, that's the camcorders you would just put in a blank tape. 
you would record it and then you could pop it into the VCR. You ain't burning shit. Okay. There's no file transfer. We're talking well, that's, I get magnetic that. I just, data. Mm. Magnetic data. You love uh, motherfucking magnets. How do they work? I, I just. TV tapes. I, that's, I, that's the thing. I was just thinking cassettes or like a camcorders would Cassette, have smaller yeah, it, it, tapes. Yeah. So I'm like, you have to transfer from yeah. a small tape to a big tape. No, the, the consumer camcorders were designed so that you could just record onto a blank vcr tape see that, that is way more appeal. accessible than what happened like what they changed it to i know what the fuck <laughs> my parents yeah that, and that i mean that is kind of why that is the era of like home movies you know is because like america's funniest I mean, home now videos. we are super we are in a rental renaissance of the uh-huh. home movie but but yeah that that that's kind of why that was the case is because the home TikTok. Uh, you know there was a point where they weren't that expensive they were bulky and kind of annoying yeah. but it was it was handy. Anyway, was America's home, funniest home videos ABC or is that one of those other uh, things that were huge hits that Eisner passed on? Because uh, impossible to say. There's no way we could look it up. I read about it recently. <laughs> I don't know, but there's like so like Eisner passed on like Survivor. There's like there's so many things that like he was like, nah, that, that's God. not gonna be a hit, and then it hit somewhere else. Anyways, yeah. So they they go to film that video. We'll see it in a little bit. Ben and Jerry Horn are trying to get these where are these still the Icelanders? Yes, the Icelanders singing 99 bottles of beer. Um Jerry uh, Jerry's having a great time. Benjamin is not. Uh he just wants to You kind of get the sign. implication that Jerry is probably not involved with the shadier end of the like he is He's involved in the shadier end of things in that he kind of like manages like the one-eyed jack stuff, but he doesn't seem to manage the like crime crime stuff that the horns are into and so he's just out there to have a good time be constantly drunk constantly going to one-eyed jacks uh get the getting the icelanders drunk enough to sign contracts whereas jerry is very stressed about burn about arson and yeah (laughs) he's in too many plot threads to to be singing how many bottles of beer there are yeah he's like when when are they gonna sign uh jerry's Lovingly carrying around a giant pine cone. <laughs> gotta gotta mention that. They, there's someone's eating ice cream. Oh no, Ben's eating ice cream. Jerry samples it. He takes it out of his hand and has it. Is that why it's Ben and Jerry's? I don't know. You think I know these things? I mean <laughs> it's funny if it is. I don't know how long which came first, the Twin Peaks or the or the egg. Uh I don't know. But uh, impossible to Google. But anyways. Ultimately, they're like, uh, they, they want to have more fun first, Jerry says. Founded in 1978, Ben Damn. and Jerry's predates Benjamin and Jerry Horn. I'm not shocked at all. <laughs> we, oh. In this same episode, uh, Cooper names their fucking code names after the Flintstones. Uh, I'm not. And there is a guy named Harry S. Yes. <laughs> so I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Either classic uh, Flintstones good. character. So, yeah, Jerry is like, they want to finalize that one as Jack. So Ben is like, why do they know that's a place that they can go to? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not even in this country. Uh, Jerry is like, uh, whoops. So they go. Um, so they're, they're going to go there. <laughs> Not in this episode, but, you know, we're building up to a finale for a reason. Josie makes a phone call to Benjamin. It's more mill plot mill stuff plot. that I was talking about before. Oh, baby, it's a mill plot. 
Um, yeah, but rev up those saws. <laughs> it's the mill plot. Uh, but notably, when she is on the uh, she being Josie, when Josie gets off the phone, we see that Hank is with her. Um, and as you said earlier, probably just as an enforcer. I don't remember. I I, I don't know. They were he called her when he was in prison, so I don't know how far back. Um, she's tied up under this shit. Yeah, the details are hazy because the mill plot's not what I retained from this show. Next scene. Rogue teen plot. The rogue teen plot. Meanwhile, Audrey is still trying to get. Well, she has successfully gotten an interview with Black Rose. Seems like she just walked in. That's actually does seem like the case. Actually, at the end, I think I think she called the number at the end of the other scene. When as soon as she got the number, I think she just like called from the perfume counter. But now she's here because she thinks no one else has read a book. The false name that she chooses is Hester Prynne. It would, and would have Black worked on Rose me. Is like I didn't read Black it in high Rose, school. <laughs> Black Rose is like, honey, we had Cliff's notes when I went to high school. So I do know the name of Hester Prynne. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Scarlet Letter is the book. But the letter is A and her real name is Audrey. Look, think about that, though. Taps head three times. Am I right about connections? That? Can't tangled web. Can't deny it. But Black Rose is like, give me one good reason why I should deal with you and your lying and she, self. And, and, and Audrey, she, Audrey comes up with a, an answer to that question that a child would think would work. But it does. It does work, though. She t- what she does is she takes a cherry out of Black Rose's drink, ties the stem into a knot in her mouth with her tongue and lays it back on the desk. And they're like, fuck, I got to hire you. Shit. <laughs> Damn. The, can, the cherry knot thing is nothing, right? We, it's, it was it's on Drake and Josh. It can't be anything. <laughs> That's why I know it's a thing. It's, it's so weird to me. Like, I get that it is a party trick that might make it seem like you're a good kisser or whatever. I don't think it translates. What kind of of smooching you doing, bud? I can't, no. You're not, like, uh, you don't need to study your knots before you go smashing face. Like, that's how you get into some trouble. No. I think think there are other romantic tasks you could perform that that is more Mm -hmm. conducive to. Other things you could practice. But I don't think uh, kissing is the one. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying. Maybe maybe it's just been watered down over the years, and they're like, "Oh yeah, no, it's a kissing thing, sure." Yeah, maybe maybe I'm maybe I maybe you're right. Maybe <laughs> you could say a lingus of a different variety. Uh huh. I don't know how many varieties there are <laughs> of that. Uh, but anyways, what the fuck is happening on Invitation they to Love? They go play blackjack in the casino, which is to say, oh, I skipped over that scene. Yeah, Cooper and Big Ed do. Uh, but, you, but Audrey gets the job under yes. the name of Hester Prynne, which seems I, I don't believe would have happened. No, I <laughs> watched anyway, it. Yeah. Hired for confidence only. We get we see that they are playing blackjack at Jacques Renault's table. But th- I think that is the end. Well, I don't think uh, we get any of the actual shit of it. until Correct. Next yeah. Cooper's playing blackjack. He's talking to Ed. Uh, Jacques comes over like the, the dealer switches out to Jacques and Big Ed recognizes him, mm-hmm. gives the the teardrop sign on his face to Cooper and uh, Ed walks away and Cooper's like, Oh, uh, Jacques, is it? Jacques's like, yeah. <laughs> and that's, that, that's the end of that scene. The rest of this is going to be teen plot with Jacoby. I guess Montana's still alive in invitation to love. Cause he's 
doing something on the TV show. He's talking to Jade. Uh, no, no, notably Jade, one of the the two t- twins, uh, as he's about to deal with uh, someone who who he says you can't be Laura. But anyways, Jacoby gets a phone call, which he answers saying, "Hello, ha." Stupid, stupid, <laughs> dumbass, dumbass, come get on. out. Oh, great. Uh, uh, but the phone is handed to Madeline, who does her great Laura impression. Hey, what's up, Doc? I feel like I'm going to dream tonight. Yeah, basically just quoting the tape, and Jacoby's like, the fuck? <laughs> who is this? Yeah, she continues to say, you know, it's, it's Laura, and obviously he doesn't believe her, uh, but then she's like, we'll come to your door, and then you'll see. And then he does, and he finds the VHS tape where... Madeline, dressed like Laura, is dancing around James, her, or I guess Donna's parents' gazebo. There's a gazebo that James and Donna are always in, and it's there, and I don't know who owns it, but that's where they film it. And Madeline, pretending to be Laura, takes today's newspaper to be like, look, I'm Laura, and it's today, and this this frightens the Jacoby. It does. Which, you know, I guess you could could think maybe it frightens her because he killed her, if that's what you think. Uh, yeah. as you're watching this, but yeah, no, he's he's clearly. I I think anybody would be frightened if the the one of the most famous yeah, people in town died and called you, uh, especially one that you had any semblance of a relationship with, um, whether you killed them or not. Uh, but anyways, yeah, they hang up the phone. They tell him to meet uh meet meet her at Sparkwood in 21 in 10 minutes. He he rewinds the tape to notice the gazebo like through a scanner darkly he sees the gazebo <laughs> and uh, we see some glimpses of bobby just kind of watching them do this shit that's right essentially we there's a lot of not a lot of actually there's basically no dialogue left Correct. in the episode basically what we get is that um as dr jacoby leaves to check out what's going on here with this Laura situation or what he thinks is the Laura situation James and Donna uh, are outside his house and they run in once he leaves but they don't know that Bobby was following them and he has now stuffed explosives into what is it I guess it's explosives Yeah, I, th- I, it, I think it's like stuffs. a fucking bag of sand oh. in the gas tank of the motorcycle is that right? Some, he put something in there. Oh, wait, no, it's cocaine. He, put, he plants cocaine oh. there, it looks like. See, I was thinking he was putting Let's something in there that would make it blow up, but maybe he's planting cocaine evidence to tie him into shit that he was actually the one doing. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, Bob, the big bad bopper's on the case. Jacoby just says, Because <laughs> he hates James, if we recall. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, hard to say from the text if Bobby has anything yeah. out for James. I just like this one line of dialogue, Jacoby saying, Gazebo 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 uh but yeah so he goes out to that's what you say to activate jacoby's stand (laughs) (laughs) yeah so he goes i i i I don't know i can't tell i can't remember if jacoby is going to where they said to meet or if he's going to the gazebo doesn't we'll figure it out in the next episode i guess but that's right because we're basically done yeah he leaves james and donna are going to try is it both of them or just james i think it's both of them I think it's both, yeah. Yeah, James and Donna are uh, like, okay, he left. We're going to now break into his office. This is when Bobby puts the shit in the gas tank. And the final shot is Madeline dressed up as Laura waiting. But, like, the cinematography makes it kind of clear that this is someone's point of view watching her. But notably, this is the same point of view that was around 
before James and Donna left. So I don't think it's supposed to be Jacoby. I guess we'll find out in uh, the next episode. Cool. We did it. Uh, where are you on the internet? Twitter.com slash ghost of Joe, ghost of J. Oh, I am on another podcast called We Are Watching One Piece. We are in Dress Rosa now for the foreseeable future. Just things will not stop happening in this big place. Uh, but it, it's a long arc. I'm enjoying it. I like our discussion of it. Uh, I'm, I'm rewatching it, uh, One Piece with my co-host Jory, who's watching it for the first time. And yeah, that's, that, that's the show. Uh, we are watching One Piece. I'm also writing essays about Disney movies. I don't remember when, I don't, I have to check when this, this episode's coming out. I'm planning to take a break right before the, the Disney Renaissance because I'm very tired. Uh, but fair. Yeah. Um, but I'm into the eighties, which are, are, are very strange times. I think the black cauldron is one of the Odd most stuff. The, the black, I like black. Cauldron. The black cauldron is one of the most bewildering things I think I've had to write about for this whole project so far. I really enjoyed it as a kid. It's just, it's just so strange. It's a, uh, yeah. Oracle pig and, <laughs> um, and golems in it, but like, not really. Uh, as a as a tiny little man who is supposed to, I think, sound like Donald Duck, but he sounds like Gollum instead. Before there was the Gollum voice that we all know. Uh, anyways, yeah. So that's that project called Make Mine Movies. You can read the essays. You can also listen to them if you want to hear me read them to you. If you just search Make Mine Movies on Spotify or a podcast app, um, they're pretty quick listens. Uh, I'm I'm curious when I'm finally done to see how many episodes I've got to memorize. And is it two? <laughs> three episodes of this podcast total but anyways yeah that, that's the stuff that i have to plug wheels where can people find you on the internet twitter.com slash singular wheels and a podcast called very random encounters where some friends and i play tabletop role-playing games and randomly determine as much as is possible we're currently playing bubblegum shoe and having a great time doing it if you want to have a great time along with us you can find it at vre.show you can also find links to the first episodes of any of the other stories we've done, if you are looking for a different genre, you can find all of that on the listening guide at vre.show. Or if you want to play some tabletop role-playing games yourself and you want to get some... What? Random encounters. Me? You can... A gamer? Right. Exactly. If you want to be a gamer, you can go to bit.ly forward slash random book with a capital R and B. And there you'll be taken to the pre-order page for my book that I co-wrote with the co-hosts of Air Random Encounters Holy called shit. The Ultimate Random Encounters Book, or The Ultimate Book of Random Encounters. Who could say they changed the title a few times, and I don't remember which one the publishers landed on. But you can find it's it at bit.ly forward slash random book with a capital R and B. And, uh, boy, it's a book of random encounters for fantasy role-playing, and I'm really, 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 really proud of the book. Hell and yeah. if you pre-order it, that will help me a lot because that will make it more likely that it will be sold in stores. And I will appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I look forward to looking at it and using it. I'm so fucking pumped to have a, to have physical copies of it. Mm -hmm. uh, what else is there to plug? Uh, you can find this show on Twitter at MemorizeCast, where our ship posts get uh, increasingly dumber as I mix all of the things we've ever covered on this podcast together into stupid bits. Uh, I made I made maybe my worst tweet of all time, and the only person to like it was your brother. So, <laughs> so uh, uh, you know, I've been there. <laughs> I was proud of it. I think it's really funny uh, to me. Uh -huh. yeah, but, as, you know, as long as it's funny to me, it's worth it. My brother counts as like 10 people. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. This uh, what, what's the what's the 
RPG tournaments that counts as a small mob or something, small gang. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, can fight as a small <laughs> gang. <laughs> there it is. Um, yes, Memorized Cast is our Twitter. Memorized Cast is also our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Memorized Cast. A uh, dollar a month will get you these episodes a couple days early before they're in the main feed. Uh, $5 a month will get you monthly premium apps you know i all, all these other podcasts i listen to say premium Ooh. instead of bonus i think we got to switch it up to make it sound better uh <laughs> but right now uh prestige uh-huh. episodes oh yeah the prestige <laughs> episodes right now we're covering the glory hammer discography if you uh, they've made three albums they have uh very silly fun lore so we're, we're talking about the glory hammer albums over there on patreon right now um and then after that I think we'll switch to back to a little bit of Elder Scrolls and see what happens after that. Yeah. Because uh, I'm tired of JoJo. If you really want to hear more JoJo, you got to tell me. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think, uh, what else is there to plug? Our theme music comes to us from the Black Lodge. There's a link to it in the show notes. Um, we're almost done with Twin Peaks Season 1, so after that it'll be Unchained finale time. And then... Uh, I don't know. I I don't know if we'll have a gap week before Neo Tuui comes out. If not, we'll we'll fill it with something or uh, there, I don't there's, know. There's Twin Peaks or Kingdom Hearts stuff. Yeah, that I'm sure. I, yeah, the, the thing is, yeah. we just don't know exactly. I I I think we'll probably have two long Unchained episodes. I just um until we record, yeah, that, I don't yeah. know exactly how it's gonna line up. Same. And uh, we got an idea in the in the cooker for talking about uh the world ends with you anime so stay stay tuned for what happens with that mm-hmm. i'm excited excited about that we got a very fun summer planned we're in it right now Ty. i would cons- i count twin Peaks season one in that <laughs> but anyways uh, i think that's all the stuff i can think to plug so uh oh wheels i i do believe that you did the intro which means mm-hmm. it's my turn to say uh that was twin peaks uh episode six slash seven was it realization time? That's right. Realization time. I closed the I closed all the tabs. Um, realization time, everybody. I've, I'm re- it's realization time for me to learn that the title is realization <laughs> time. Yeah, yeah this member Hi everyone, I'm Andrew. Hi, I'm Martin. This is the Argonauts Podcast. Each week, I'm going to try and solve an old defunct ARG, and Martin's going to tell me what I should have done instead. That's true. Martin, what ARGs have we covered so far? So far, we have covered Spectacular Organic Frog Fractions 2, Sexy Girl Max 2019, and this is my Milwaukee. And that list is only going to continue to grow. Yep. Come check us out every other Thursday on the Orange Groves Network. And you can find us at argonautspod.com. Argonautspod.com.